Hey, no problem. I, I appreciate you letting Michelle and I rename the show. When you come back, you'll notice all the imaging has changed. It's now called okay. Merc here and Michelle in the morning. Well, all right. Uh, enjoy that for the next 20 minutes. Um. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's John McCure. Welcome to Merck and Michelle in the morning. So glad to have you with us on this Tuesday. Petrano may be back tomorrow. I want a t-shirt that says that. Oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> we could probably get marketing to do that for us. I want to bring in our friend Paul Farrell. He's the Waukesha County Executive with us on a very busy news day. Paul, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I wanted to start by asking you about something that's likely to be in the news as we head through the day, Paul, and that's American Family Field's effort to get funds to repair and improve the facility. You were in the state Senate for a long time, and the state Senate is going to take up this measure today. How important is it, Paul, that Republicans and Democrats come together and find a way to make this happen? You know, John, it's interesting because if you think way back, when mom was in the Senate, when we passed the legislation to create American Family Field, or at that time, Miller Park, um, and it's one of those, it's always been contested. It's, it's one of those, the challenge. But what we're talking about truly is quality of life. We're talking about opportunities where people can relax, take time away from work, go and have some fun. Uh, when you look at the Miller Park, when you look at the brewers and what's happening, Look, we're the second smallest, I think, second smallest, um, uh, what am I, the... Major League City. Market. Yeah. Yeah, Major League City market. But we've got the 15th highest attendance. I mean, we're outperforming many people because people want to go and enjoy this. We own, the state owns the field. We're good stewards. We should make sure that that building is in good place so that the team that is on the field that makes all the changes interior has a place that they can play and we can play for the next 20, 30 years. You know, you brought up your mom and as I was preparing for the interview, I found myself thinking about your mom because I talked to your mom during the process when Miller Park was being built. And when I think of your mom, I think of about a lot of things, but one of the things I think about was her willingness to work across the aisle and her willingness to sit down and have a conversation and honestly disagree, but then get things done Paul, it seems like that's not the world we live in anymore. Both sides want to win, and they want a W in their column, and the partisan politics has become so polarizing. Is it frustrating? I think it is, and it's been interesting to watch um, when you hear about Senator Agard reaching out and talking with the majority leaders and talking about what they can do to help get this passed. Um, this is one of those few times that you're really hearing bipartisan approach to get something done, which has been amazing. The struggle that I have, and John, you and I have talked about it before, is we're still sitting, the, this legislature is still sitting on a $7 billion surplus that they don't know what to do with. I mean, we're, we're talking about, yes, $500 million, half a billion dollars. That means there's $6.5 billion more that's sitting over there that they don't know what they want to do with. And I think that, for me, is a frustration. If the legislature is going to get out there and do their job, figure out if you're not going to use the money, give it back to the people that gave it to you. Send it back to the people in Wisconsin so that we can put it to use for ourselves. That's my frustration as well, is they're not working across the whole picture. 
they're just looking at these little snippets of things. And as you said, trying to get a win and not trying to compromise. Waukesha County Executive Paul Farrow is with us. So, Paul, I remember walking the hallways when they were trying to get Miller Park done, and Bud Selig went door-to-door. Robin Yout and Hank Aaron were at his elbow going door-to-door. And I find myself asking, where's Mark Atanasio? Where are members of the Brewers? Why are they not doing more to make sure that their face is on this and they're letting people know how important it is? Would that make a difference? I think it would. You know, I was out there in 15 when we did the legislation for Pfizer Forum, and Pete Fagan was out there. I had plenty of, many of conversations with him and the team talking about what they wanted to bring, what they wanted to do, providing their vision for what they could do to this area, and you see it coming to fruition. I think having the brewers more engaged vocally and engaged, you know, in the public eye so that people can see they're really going to bat for this team just like we are, would have been helpful. You know, I find it interesting because to get to where we are now, there was bipartisan movement. The Milwaukee County Executive, the Milwaukee Mayor, I saw you at a press conference with them, have both stepped up and said, this is important, we need to get this done. But it seems like in your party, there's some dysfunction. I mean, the holdouts right now, I talked to two of these senators that are Republican senators, are on the fence, don't know if they want to do this, don't know if they want to get it done. And it seems like at the national level, there's also a lot of Republican dysfunction. What's going on? You know, I think, John, you hit it earlier that, unfortunately, we have individuals that are looking at 100% win or nothing. And that's not the way government is. I look back to the the Reagan era, and people always talk about how good Reagan was. It's because he was able to compromise on issues, but not on his principles. And he was always willing to work with Tip O'Neill, and he was always willing to work with individuals to get something done, knowing that if I got 75% this time, I got to fight for the next 25 the next time and figure out how to get to that point. This is about negotiations. This is about working to figure out a solution together. And the challenge right now is we're not really doing that. We're looking at each of us have our own issues, and we're trying to throw that 100% out there or we're not going to do it. We're not willing to compromise what we're at to say we can, for the greater good, get this done. Paul, when I was prepping for this interview, someone asked me to ask you this question, so I'm going to. When are you going to run for governor? I am, I am very happy where I am right now, John. I, as county executive, we have done a phenomenal job the, the eight and a half years that I've been here. Uh, I'm sitting here this morning in about 45 minutes. The county board is going to take up what will be my ninth budget. Um, we think we're going to get close to a unanimous vote on it again, which shows that we're willing to work across the, uh, the, the, the aisle here with the county supervisors to make sure we're answering their concerns and the concerns of their constituents. I love what I do. Um, I'm not saying never, but right now it'd be a hard move to make me want to leave Waukesha County. Paul, 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 I know. I I hear all of that. (laughs) You know, I know your wife, she has mixed feelings about you running for governor, but if the people came to you and they said, look, Tony Evers probably isn't going to run again, you'd be a great candidate. You have the pedigree, you have the experience, you have all of that would you consider a run? Would you consider a run? I would consider a run. Yeah, I'd look at it. 
But again, I also tell you that I, I can look at across my desk right now and see a picture of my one year and seven day old grandson who is just a, a laugh and a joy to watch run around with his with my son and daughter in law. I've got family that I want to spend time with, and I enjoy having them close. Uh, when you look at a commitment, and the governor, Governor Evers knows this, when you step into that office, your life is in yours for four years. And I've been there with mom as she was lieutenant governor and watched her travels and watched what she did. And John, she was putting almost 40,000 miles a year on her car, driving around to the different areas of Wisconsin to engage with people. And that's, she knows that's what I would do as well. So... It's something we'll think about down the road. Yeah, I've seen you drive. We don't want you driving 40,000 miles. <laughs> we, that wouldn't be good for anybody. Come on now. Yeah, I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, does the state of politics make it less appealing to run for an office because you know the nature of how the campaign would likely be and how personal it could be? I think the state of campaigning makes it a little more challenging. Um, I think in the last eight years-ish, we have gone away from what used to be a political campaign of issues and of the individual's ability to a personal attack. And I find that very disturbing. Uh, we're, we're, we're trying to get the smartest people and the best people to be able to run a $48 billion um, state. That's what our budget is every year, $48 billion. I want to make sure I've got the smartest and best people in there, not the best mudslingers. And that's the challenge that I think is out there right now, and we see that at the national level too. It's not about who's got the best ideas, who's got the best abilities. It's who can throw them the mud the most that can win. Paul Farrow is the Waukesha County Executive, former chair of the Republican Party in Wisconsin. Paul, it's always good to catch up. Thank you so much. Say hi to Amy. Thanks, John. We'll talk to you soon. It is 821 at WTMJ. It is winter weather preparedness week, and we all know Wisconsin winters pose a challenge to everyone driving around from the cold weather to the treacherous driving conditions. But don't worry, we know how to drive in this, right? Do we, though? We've all seen it, especially in the beginning of the season. Spin-outs, fishtails, and spinning tires. Wisconsinites are pretty proud of being able to drive in sloppy weather, but from what I see, anecdotally at least, that is not the case. Some of the things that probably irk me a little bit is people just uh, being a little selfish in the wintertime and not really thinking about others or all of the various safety workers that are out there on the roads. It's Road America winter driving instructor John Everts says it's hard to switch gears, especially with such a long, warm autumn. Uh, it does take a little bit of a transition from the summer months and the fall months into the winter months, and we encourage people to be aware of that um, and also drive a little bit more carefully uh, if there's different road conditions unless it's entirely dry. It's hard not to rely on some of the new bells and whistles on our cars. You know four-wheel drive and all-wheel drive even traction control in vehicles creates a overconfidence with drivers and in reality four-wheel drive is used for off-road driving not necessarily snow and ice. Uh, it helps you get out of you know sticky situations when you're off the beaten path but it doesn't allow you any more traction when you're on the roadway. Same as with all-wheel drive vehicles, you do have a few more wheels turning, but if one wheel loses control, it actually slows the spinning of that wheel and increases the spinning of the other wheels, so you can lose control just as easily. Just remember, four-wheel drive means just that. It doesn't necessarily mean four-wheel stop. 
And that's the kicker, isn't it? It's almost more important to know how to stop in this weather than to maneuver, and also recognize what to do when you lose control. Uh, ease off the gas, don't slam on the brakes because most cars have ABS brakes and ABS brakes uh, essentially pump the brakes quickly so that way the brakes don't lock up. Try to keep the steering wheel as straight as possible, don't overcorrect, and hopefully the vehicle will ride itself and uh, you'll be able to get out of that skid and get into a little bit more control easily. And as an added reminder, Governor Evers has declared this week, November 13th through the 17th, as Winter Weather Awareness Week. Did you know that according to preliminary data from the DOT, 41 people were killed and over 3,500 were injured in the state in 2022 from crashes involving winter road conditions? It comes down to staying in control. Keep your speeds down on the worst of conditions, extend your braking distance, and let's give everyone a little break, at least until we get used to the conditions. Debbie Lazica, WTMJ News. When's the last time you went to Chuck E. Cheese? Ooh, it's been a while. I'd say 15 years at least. Okay. You Were your girls Chuck E. Cheese We didn't have fans? any of our birthday parties there, or have not yet, um, but we have attended at least one birthday party over the last several years, yeah. but it, it's also been a while. Uh, so you know the, the animatronic characters that kind of <laughs> perform... They're either really lovable and adorable and nostalgic, or they're kind of creepy. They're creepy. I think they're kind of <laughs> scary looking. Yeah, I know. Like, there's a big bear with a symbol and a yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. So I guess they are they are going to be no more. The show is over. Really? That that animatronic band has a name too, which I I didn't know. It's Munch's Make Believe Band. <laughs> and there's one of those in every Chuck E. Cheese, right? It was part of their deal. Right. Okay. So now they're getting rid of those. Except for one location in California, which I think is maybe where the company might have originated. But they are keeping one for the purpose of nostalgia and to give children nightmares. <laughs> and parents nightmares. Why are no, they getting rid cute. of them? Are they just updating their image? Yeah, I image? think they're updating the image. They're adding different things to do, like more modern things okay. to do instead of just watching these very old fashioned type robotic animatronics. They perform. do seem dated and old. Yeah. Is Chuck E. Cheese still a thing? Like, is that still a really popular... So how old's your youngest daughter? Eight. All right, so eight. Do her friends, does anybody still do the birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese? I think they do, because they do have these play sets inside. Like, it's like an indoor jungle gym, and they have arcade games. And, and like a ball pit, like that sort of thing? Yeah, is that a thing? I don't know if they have the ball pit anymore, but that's a good oh, point. I think they COVID. used to have... I think COVID, I read, maybe. they got rid of... Okay, but they have arcade games... Ski ball, you get tickets. It, that's how it is yep, now. You can win prizes. Pizza, of course. Pizza. They have the pizza. They do have good pizza. Oh, I, I, I was just going to ask. I haven't. I can't remember the pizza. Yeah, it's okay. They have good pizza. But no more creepy animatronic band thing. No more make believe band. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. It was good while it lasted. It was. <laughs> <laughs> was it? <laughs> it's eight thirty nine at WTMJ. Vetrano's on the road. And he joins us up next. Today's sunny, a high of 62. Tonight, cloudy, breezy, a low of 45 degrees. Let's head to the nation's capital. WTMJ's Vince Vitrano is arrived in Washington for what's going to be a very busy day with Milwaukee leaders. Vitrano, how you doing? Good morning. 
Hey, man, I really appreciate, should should go without saying, but appreciate you being up early today so that uh, I could do this and be on this trip and and tell this story today, John. Hey, no problem. I, I appreciate you letting Michelle and I rename the show. When you come back, you'll notice all the imaging has changed. It's now called okay. Merc here and Michelle in the morning. Well, all right. Uh, enjoy that for the next 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> hey, actually, I may have uh, misrepresented our, our itinerary today. We actually landed in Baltimore, which was uh, ah. what we had intended to do. Our now just uh, having deplaned our on buses. Now we'll go to the Jewish Museum here in Baltimore and then depart from there as a group. We'll meet up with other delegations from different parts of the country before heading to the mall. So I want to ask you about what's going to happen at the mall, but first I want to ask you about the flight out. So we charter honor flights where we charter a plane, like a 737, and we fly veterans out there. You were also on a charter plane. Was it a commercial plane that was chartered? What was the flight like? They filled up a Sun Country 737, so it's about uh, almost 200 people on board the flight. Was there service? Did you get drinks and snacks? I mean, yeah, it was, it was it was just like a regular airline flight. Uh, we boarded from a regular gate at Mitchell, uh, but for the fact that it was uh, it was chartered, there was nothing unusual about it. Again, we got we got off here, uh, went down the ladder, and we're on the tarmac so we could board buses immediately right here at the airport in Baltimore. So I guess that that's the only part that's different. So who's on the trip? Who was on the plane? Who's traveling from the Milwaukee area or from Wisconsin with you? Yeah, so the whole rally, it, it was spearheaded by the uh, Jewish federations of North America. And then you have the Milwaukee Jewish Federation, which also served as leadership for getting people together. And so you have people who belong to those organizations, leaders within that organization, but also just regular old folks from Milwaukee and Southeast Wisconsin who are Jews and wanted to be on the mall in Washington. So it's, it's a very diverse group. What are you hearing from people this morning, Vince? What's the mood like? So there's, it's a good question, Michelle, because it's it's a little bit of a party because it's a rally and there's excitement. Obviously, the mood is somber to a degree as you have this war that's raging in the Middle East. And the reason for people getting together here in the Jewish community is to express solidarity in troubled times. Uh, so, so it's kind of a mix of emotions for people, but uh, a lot of focus today on... Uh, Jews just glad to be together and to connect with Jews from across the country. Vince Vitrano is with us from Washington. Vince, it's being called a march, but there's it's not really a march, right? Is it more of a rally? What do you expect? Yeah, I mean, officially and hashtagged on social media as March for Israel, but it, it sounds like basically the bus drops you off in the mall, and there is a, a restricted entrance. So this is a permitted activity, and you know, only certain people will be allowed into the immediate mall space. So to the degree that anyone's marching anywhere, it doesn't sound like that. It more, it's more like a rival at the mall, and then a series of speakers for about an hour and a half, two hours. Do you know how many people we're expecting to see at this event? Yeah, just put your camera on it. So I'm hearing and, different uh, things, Michelle. I mean, from Milwaukee, there was on, on this flight 180, 200 people or thereabouts. Um, I overheard someone the other, uh, telling a friend or family, she was FaceTiming from the airport, <laughs> as I told you before. She said the federations from across North America are expected to bring 100,000 people on their own and then add in anybody else who could uh, join the other groups. So the number I've heard on the high end would be about 200,000. Uh, they're expecting at least 100. Will anyone from Wisconsin or Milwaukee have a speaking role? I haven't, I've, I've heard there's a, a, a list going around, John. I haven't seen it. I don't expect that, but that's not to say that it won't happen.
So many of the rallies that take place out there, Vince, kind of take place at the foot of the Lincoln Memorial, which is now under construction, looking out on the reflecting pool. And if you stand there, you see Vietnam Wall on the left, Korea on the right. Do you know where in the mall this will take place? You said it's a special cordoned off area. Yeah, I don't. I mean, uh, they they do this kind of thing pretty well in D.C., as you know. So uh, I think we'll go wherever the National Park Service and the Capitol Police have have set that area. I don't know the perimeters, but you know, it's going to be those familiar draft bo- backdrops for sure. What is everyone hoping will come of this? What a, you know, is it just an awareness event? Is it they want people to take action? They want the government to do something? Yeah, I'm hearing three things specifically, Michelle. You know, there's a diversity of opinion in the Jewish community, as there is in any, but the the three things that I hear over and over again, we're here to, one, show support for Israel, two, to demand the freeing of the hostages, more than 200 still being held by Hamas, and three, to denounce anti-Semitism. Beyond that, everybody has their own feelings and thoughts and agenda, but they wanted to demonstrate in solidarity and in large number. Um, They've seen the pro-Palestinian protests across the country as well, a number of them in Milwaukee. So uh, this is an, an act by American Jews to come together and say, we have large numbers here and don't forget about our story. So Vince, you mentioned protesters. I'm reading online that there will likely be counter-protests, pro-Palestinian protests there. Has instruction been given about possible interaction or what you expect? Yeah, the leaders of the group, John, have asked and advised people who are in the March for Israel simply did not engage. They uh, universally expressed their support for people's right to protest and to have differing opinions, but they have asked the people who are on this trip to focus on their mission and their message. And, you know, one one of the people uh, on the trip has said, like, there's, there's not the possibility for any sort of meaningful exchange here in terms of dialogue. There's a place for that, but it's not going to happen on the street here with people shouting at each other. So let's not do that today. It's going to be a long day out there for you guys. Yeah, I mean, the rally is noon until two o'clock our time. There are some pre-festivities and whatnot. And then, as you know, there's getting back to the bus, finding your way back to. So uh, we we are not expected back in Milwaukee until eight or nine o'clock this evening. So we've been discussing Vetrano on the show, United changing their boarding process. Now they're going to board all their airplanes. If you're in a window, you board first. If you're in a middle seat, you're in the second group. Aisles will board last. What was the boarding process like on the charter flight? Um, I think there was usual back to front. So, you know, and this was, again, it's a charter, so you don't have the, like, southwest the lining up and here's your spot and here's your thing and you thought you paid to be in the first thing and then 100 people board in front of you. So it was, it was back to front. But also there was no stress because people aren't trying to bring roller right, no. bags that are twice the size they're supposed to be and stuff them in the overhead. Yeah, no, no luggage today. You're allowed a, a backpack inside the perimeter, and that's about it, and a small one at that. So Vince Vetrano is with us from Washington, D.C. So, uh, Vinny, you will be out there throughout the day covering the rally, talking to local folks from our area, reporting back throughout the day. Is that kind of the plan? What does your day look like? Yeah, and, like, for every person who's on this trip— and you know what it's like being in a, a story with where you're surrounded by potential angles, John. Uh, you know, for every person who's on this trip, that's another story that I could tell um, on the plane. And, and I hope we have a chance for you to hear it because I sent back some sound. I was talking with a woman who was a Soviet Jew, grew up in the Soviet Union and fled the Soviet Union in the late 80s to come to America because she was discriminated against because of her faith. And now here she is marching on the mall 
in our nation's capital as an American Jew saying, hey, anti-Semitism is on the rise and it's not acceptable. So talk about a story that's come full circle for her. There's one story, hundreds of others just on this flight and then hundreds of thousands perhaps in D.C. today. WTMJ's Vince Vetrano. You can catch his reporting all day long here on WTMJ. Good to have you out there, Vince. We'll catch up with you a little bit later. Hey, Michelle and uh, John, again, sincerely, thanks for filling in for me this, this morning so that I could do this. It is 8.52 at WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. All right, the Merck and Michelle in the Morning Show is getting ready to wrap up for this Tuesday. Steve Scafidi is up next, and he joins us. Isn't that a nice name for the show? I, nice I was of, just going to say, you renamed it already. It's nice of Vetrano to agree that that's going to kind of be the permanent name, and he'll, <laughs> he will be the guest host when he comes back tomorrow. Nice. There we well, go. There's not a show on this lineup you couldn't do. You could sit in and do my show if you wanted oh, to. Well, you, the same with you, right? Yeah. We could all do this. So, Good to see so you. To I never get to see you this early. I never see you at all. I think I've, this is the first time I've seen you in like a week and a half. Yeah, usually what, at 8.55, you know what I'm doing? Usually getting in the shower. I've usually just woken up and worked out by now. And I've been up for four hours already. Yeah. Uh, so do you do your prep the night before, the morning of, both? Both, yeah. So I, I have a pretty good idea what I'm going to do the afternoon before, and then I watch a lot of stuff at nights on uh, network TV, listen to a lot of stuff on the radio, podcasts, read a lot, and then I kind of revisit all that stuff in the morning, add some guests, and we got some good ones today. Uh, Scott McFarland from CBS. Oh, yeah. Trump Trials. I mean, there's yeah. so many breaking developments in this in these cases that uh, I always I look forward to those conversations. Scott Klug, former congressman from Wisconsin. Oh, we haven't heard from him for a while. No, 10:30. The state of politics in America. I'm I'm fascinated by all this stuff. And Me you too. and I, you and I both know that's going to be an incredible year next year as we talk about all of this. So he'll join us at 10:30. And then my friend Martin Moore talking about some technology, some of the challenges of new technology in the 11 o'clock hour. So busy show today, as always. Martin Moore is such an interesting guy, and he loves our city. I love oh, to read yeah. his posts. He's an ambassador for Milwaukee. Yep, he sure is. He's the real deal. Check it out. It's the Steve Scafidi Show. It's Wisconsin Now, beginning uh, right after the news here on WTMJ. I'll be listening, Steve.